hand. When I awake, I am still with thee. So, as you know, our family was planning a vacation. And we had planned it a long time ago. And um, so we were going to a cabin on a lake, which was beautiful. But before that, we had Good Friday service at our church. And we went and we interpreted. And it was all good. And I took a friend out for lunch. And while we were sitting there eating lunch, I got this terrible pain in my back, and then it went to my stomach, and I thought I was having a baby, and I'm thinking, that is not possible. (laughs) But I was in such pain, I didn't know what it was. So I quickly called my husband, and I said, i got to come home. You've got to take my friend home, because I can't drive anymore. So I stopped at home, and he took her home. So I... I called our daughters and a nurse that I knew, and my daughter-in-law is a nurse, and they all thought kidney stones. I said, okay, what should I do? They said, get a heating pad, lay on the floor, and just try to relax. And so I did that. I fell asleep. Next thing I know, I woke up, and it was 7 o'clock, just in time for us to watch your program online, because... We were coming down here on Saturday to interpret for the deaf. And and Jim said, are you still okay? I said, I'm okay. So we watched, and I was so excited because then we came down here on Saturday and interpreted for the deaf down here. And God worked in wonderful ways. It was a blessing to be here, to be with your deaf. And then Sunday morning was Easter. And we told the deaf all to come to the early service. So we interpreted the first service. Well, more deaf came for the second service, so we interpret again. And then we were off to vacation. Everything was good. I was ready for a good weekend with our family. Um, So early Wednesday morning, I started to have the pain again. This is a picture of the lake where we were and a fire circle. She That's skipped right. that part, I think. Yeah. It's supposed to be in there. Anyway, we were that having fun. That was our vacation. We were having a good time. So early Wednesday morning, the pain started again, and the girls all said, you need to just go to the hospital. They can help you take care of that. You know, kidney stones, it's an easy thing. I said, and they had taken all the kids to this park. And it just so happened to be right next to the hospital. That's why they said, oh, the hospital, it looks great. Just go to the hospital. They can help you. So finally I said, okay, okay, I'll do that. And our oldest granddaughter, she spoke up and she said, don't you think we should pray for Mammy? So touched my heart. We all sat around this huge table holding hands, and they prayed for me. So needless to say, I cried through the whole prayer. So we finally get to the emergency room, and the only bed that they have for me is out in the hallway. And we thought that's good, because then they can see us out there, and they'll know what's going on. They took me back for a CAT scan, come out and wait again. Soon a doctor came and said, "Uh, we are concerned, this does not look good. He said something about an aneurysm 
and an aorta, and it ruptured. And I had no idea what that all meant. I really didn't know. Um, so they said, go back for a second. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, pictures. I forgot pictures, pictures, sorry. Those are all 13 of our grandchildren. All 13, from the oldest to the youngest. <laughs> anyway, so he takes me back for a second CAT scan, and then finally the surgeon came in, and immediately they were, you know, doing fast things around me and emergency, they were saying, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, I, I didn't really understand. But the doctor came in and he said, I want you to know that I've done this for 30 years and I know what I'm doing and I can take care of you. It, it will be fine. And he said, can I just check you? And he pressed on my stomach and he said, does that hurt you? I said, no. He looked. He goes, can I do that again? I said, yes. He pressed again and that doesn't hurt you? because I guess if it was ruptured, it would really hurt me. I said, no, it doesn't hurt. He goes, I have never seen anything like this before. He goes, I gotta go back and look at that CAT scan. So he went back and looked and then he came in and he said, um, we're gonna wait. I think something else is going on. And what he said, there was a pocket of blood that was around my aneurysm that protected it from bursting, but it was dripping, so was protected. And he said, we're gonna wait. So all as I can remember is that they were then getting me ready to go into a room upstairs and they were gonna watch me through the night to see if anything happened. And immediately my curtains to the room opened up and there's a guy standing there with a mask on from our church. I knew who he was immediately, a dear friend of ours, but he had the shirt detour on it. I said, oh, right, Clifford, God is sending me on a detour, of course. And I just, I just praise the Lord that through all of this, even all the time waiting, God kept giving me verses and giving me a peace in my heart that I could not explain. So the doctor saw me in the morning, and he said, this is going to be a simple surgery. So I trusted him. By 9 o'clock, they were taking me down, and uh, Jim and Monica, our second daughter, <clears throat> were there with me. The nurses that I had there while I was waiting for the operation, they were wonderful. Um, I was supposed to be in surgery, but I got bumped twice because two other emergencies came in. And so this whole time, since Wednesday lunch, so this is Thursday morning, I have had not anything to eat or nothing to drink, and I'm starting to get a headache because I'm dehydrated. And they didn't give me a drip. You know, normally they give you a drip. Or, and I had nothing, and finally I said, can I just have some ice for my head? It just hurts so bad. And quickly they brought me ice for my head, but they just were wonderful people and took care of me. And um, so as I'm getting ready to go into surgery, this wonderful man came and took my hand, and he said, I'm Peter. 
I'm going to take you down to the OR room. And I'm thinking, oh, Peter's taking me. I'm thinking, Peter. <laughs> and as soon as he started taking me, I'm out, because they give you the medicine to go out. I'm out. <laughs> and then I hear this wonderful lady saying, Terry, Terry, are you there? I said, yes, I am. Praise the Lord. She goes, I'm Angela. I said, oh. She said, I'm your sister in the Lord. And she started quoting me verses. I started crying. I said, Lord, you have gone before me and behind me, and you know every step that I'm going. There is no place that I can go that you are not there. And when I awake, I am still with you. So the things that I had learned that touched my mind when I was the next day healing before I got discharged were um, Jim had just finished a series in our church on some names of God. And I kept going through them. I said, Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. I truly felt the whole time that I had peace. Whatever I was going through, I really wasn't upset or nervous or worried. He was my peace. Jehovah Shama, am I saying that right? <laughs> the Lord is ever present, no matter where I was, whatever time of day or night, he was always with me. He would never leave me. Jehovah Jireh, he is my God who provides. He provided in many wonderful ways. One was this doctor. I'll let Jim tell the whole story later, but this doctor did not even live in Scranton where we were at the hospital. He was from South Carolina. I know God put him there for me. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. I knew that there were a host of people praying for me, and you all were part of that host, and I am very grateful. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. I know that he is the God that heals, and I could feel his touch on my body. I knew when he was healing my body, I could feel it daily, the strength that he had given back to me. The doctor also told me, there are only 20 cases of what you had. You are number 21, and you're going to be written up in a book. And I said, Okay, Lord, whatever. But I'm praising the Lord that he healed my body. He put that pocket of blood around my aneurysm. And he took care of me each step of the way. The next one is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. And my prayer is that others will see Jesus lifted up in my life and in my heart. He has given me second, third, fourth, fifth chances in my life. And I'm very grateful to the Lord for his goodness to me. Psalm 66, verse 16 says, Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I am very thankful that he has given us a chance to continue to serve the Lord in death ministry or wherever he may take us. Um, it's my heart's desire just to continue to serve the Lord. So thank you for having me share.
I want to show you, uh, I'm going to let her sign, I, I have to stop. Uh, I want to show you a, a quick video clip that um, the kids, the 13 grandchildren, well, 12, Xavier didn't take part, um, but everybody else just telling why they love their mommy. And I hope this comes out okay if it doesn't. Um, these are our grandkids. Here's the reason you love mommy. I love mommy because she's caring. I love mommy because she's selfless. I love mommy because she always does stuff for me. I love mommy because she's mommy. I love mommy because she's patient. I love mommy because she's loving. I love mommy because she loves all of us. I love mommy because she's caring. I love mommy because um, she loves me. I love Mommy because every time I see her, we hug her. I love Mommy because she's sweet. Of course, you know that's the best medicine any mammy can ever have. This is a picture of Terry the day after her surgery or the evening after her surgery. I want to tell my side of the story. One of the things I thank God for was he protected her from knowing all of what was really happening. We were in that hallway. And the emergency room doctor came and stood next to her and he said this, these words, I, they're etched in my mind. We are very concerned about your CAT scan. You have a ruptured aneurysm in your aorta. We need to take you in for a second CAT scan with high resolution. He then quickly and orderly quickly came. You know, in an emergency room, you wait and wait and wait and there was no more waiting for us. They quickly came and they, the orderly came to take her and she looked at me and she said, what did he say? I said, you have to go for another CAT scan. But in my mind, the word ruptured, aneurysm, and aorta were playing over and over in my mind. They quickly took me to another room that they were going to bring her back to. And nurses were flying in and out of there bringing things. It was not a, there was no talking in the room. I wasn't spoken to. Nobody was speaking to each other. They were hurrying very quickly. They were planning to do emergency surgery where they were going to cut Terry straight down the middle to get to this aneurysm as quickly as possible. I texted the girls. And I, I was probably a cruel text, but I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I texted, ruptured aneurysm, aorta, life-threatening. It's what they had told me. I sent the text... And I began to pray and say, God, please. Please, not today. Not today. I know she's going to go to heaven someday, but please, not today. While I was praying that, I, I chastised myself because I'm a preacher. And preachers don't think like that, right? Right? That's not right. Preachers are human too. And my heart was so overwhelmed 
with what I had just heard and I was all alone by myself in that little room. Nobody's speaking to me. My kids are far away at that point. And God just touched my heart. I said, God, you know what? I, I am pitiful. I preach to everybody else that they need to trust you. And now it's my turn. So God, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. But I know what you've done in the past. And I know who you are and I'm going to trust you. And I will tell you, that a, that a peace came over my, my soul. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I was fine because I wasn't, but God gave me a peace that passes understanding, and I, I just was ready for whatever God was going to do. The girls called me on the phone, and, and, and they, uh, they jumped in a car, the three of them. Our three daughters were with us, and they started coming. They were wise. They let their oldest sister drive. She drives faster than anybody else. She's lived in New Jersey longer than anybody else. And she was coming. I think they got on two wheels two or three times, I was told later. And the next thing I know, they're coming into the room. And uh, when that doctor stepped in the room just before they arrived, uh, Dr. Langen is his, oh, I'm not supposed to say his name, sorry. Uh, I do want you to pray for him. But he stepped in the room and he said to us, very calming, I've been doing this for 30 years. I am an aortic aneurysm vascular surgeon. This is what I do. I've done it for 30 years. I'm going to do my best to help you. My heart calmed down again and I thought, God, you sent the right man. I had started praying before Terry came in the room. God, give us the best man there is for this or the best woman. I don't care. Uh, Just give us the best doctor. He then uh, did what she explained, pressing on her stomach. And as he looked at her eyes and there was no obvious pain, he knew something was not up. And he said, something's going on here that I've never seen before. He went back out. And I said to God then, I don't know what you just did, but I know you did something here. He came back in and Terry told the rest of that story very well. I won't review all of that, but we we were able to relax when, when Ray, our friend, came through that curtain, and by the way, he, he, uh, he's creating these T-shirts that he uses to witness. The shirt he had on said detour on it. He's got a card that he's made up that witnesses to people. You go through detours in your life, and God has a plan for your life. He had the detour shirt on. He didn't even know he had that shirt on. I said to him the next day, I said, do you realize what shirt you were wearing last night? He said, no. What was it? And I said, both Terry and I noticed the detour on the, on the shirt. You know, sometimes God puts us through detours in our lives that we don't expect and we wouldn't ask for, but God is always in the details. Amen? Turn to Psalm 37 with me. I'm just going to share a couple scripture verses with you tonight. We're in church, so we ought to open our Bibles. That's what we do in church. Psalm 37. I'm just going to share a couple verses here, and then I'll jump to another verse or two in and a little further back in Psalms. <clears throat> By the way, this is Terry. I, I better take this. I'll, I'll replace it. Here's a picture of her the day we came back to the house. This is just a day and a half after the first picture. That's what God was doing, how quickly she uh, looked back to normal again. I want to share just a couple of verses. A dear friend of mine who's in heaven tonight, uh, shared this verse in a Bible study with me, and I never could get it out of my mind. Psalm 37, look at verse 23 with me. The Bible says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth 
in his way. Don't you agree with that? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Aren't you glad that's true? God orders your steps tonight. He ordered your steps to come here tonight. We're grateful you did. But he ordered your steps to come here tonight. But my friend said to me, the stops of a good man are also ordered by the Lord. I want you to think about that. The steps of a good man are ordered, but the stops of a good man are also ordered by the Lord. Look at the next verse. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. I can say amen to those verses tonight. I could say amen to them before, but tonight we've been through some things that that really touched our heart. I just want to share with you, and I'm going to be finished tonight. You'll be glad we're going to get out early tonight. Preacher's not preaching, so it's an early... No, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. I had to pick on him a little bit. I want to just share with you a couple of... And and now that I said that, I'll probably go for 35 minutes after I said that. But I want to just share a couple of... uh, Miracles that God did and then some, some lessons that I've learned through this time. The first miracle was that pocket of blood. Again, Terry mentioned this. The, the surgeon told us or told her the day uh, that he came in to do the surgery, there are 20 cases like this in the history of medicine. You're the 21st case. He told us as we were doing the follow-up exam with him a week later, Uh, that her story is going to be written up in the medical journals uh, and that her story will be told. Um, That pocket of blood, I I really believe when I was saying, please God, not today. I really believe God said, okay, let me just... Let me just put a little pocket of blood around that, and we'll we'll take care of that. Now, I don't know that, but, but I've got a God that could do that, amen? And I was asking him for something big. I didn't even know what I was asking him for. I'll get to that in just a little bit. The second miracle Terry talked about very briefly. We were in the, uh, we were in the, the visiting room after Terry's surgery, and he came out. She was still in recovery. Our oldest daughter, Jamie, was with us at the time. By the way, it was really sweet. They did let all three of our girls come in to see Terry just before surgery, so Amanda was able to come in and see her as well. All three of our girls were there. Uh, they don't do that, by the way. You get one visitor in the room, but they allow f- four of us in there. And the nurse said, listen, I'm breaking the rules, but this is a special family. And I praise the Lord she saw in our family a godliness and a, and a peace. There was no, we weren't, you know, being crazy. We were trusting God. But, but Jamie was with me at the time the surgeon came out after surgery. And, and he told us everything had gone very well. He didn't expect any complications. And... And he, he uh, as he, he drew us pictures and everything of his of the uh, the, cert, the aorta and where he'd done things and and uh, he had drawn a picture for our daughter Monica before that and he signed his name on it. he said that's going to be a piece of art someday and you know kind of teased so on this day he drew this picture for Jamie and I said wait 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 you forgot to sign it he said I'll do you one better he signed his name and he put his personal cell phone number underneath it. And I was like, what is going on here? Doctors don't, I don't, if there's any doctors in here, I don't mean to offend, but I've never had a doctor give me his personal cell phone number before. But he leaned forward on his chair as he was getting ready to leave. He said, by the way, I I just have to let you know, I don't live here in Pennsylvania. 
He said, I grew up here in Scranton. We were in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's the middle of cold country. It's the middle of nowhere. I don't know if you've ever been to Scranton, but if you went there, you went through for going somewhere else, probably, I would guess. It's not a great big city, but he said, I grew up here. I did my residency at, at um, Geisinger, but as soon as I got done that, my wife and I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. We've been living there for 30 years. Our sons were born there. My wife is there tonight. My home is there in Greenville. And I, he said, so I don't even know how long I'm here for. He said, if you check the directory of the list of doctors' names, my name's not on the directory. I'm really not here. I said, well, I think God picked you up from Greenville and put you in Scranton so you could operate on my wife, so you could save her life. And I want to tell you, I, I shared that with a, a pastor friend of mine in Rhode Island, and he said, he said, Jim, I think you're right about that, but I also think God took you and Terry to Scranton, Pennsylvania, to meet that doctor. And so I really want you to pray for that doctor. I really want to see him get saved. We wrote him, a, uh, Terry wrote him a beautiful note, put some of the verses she shared with you tonight in the, in the card. We, we bought a gift card for his wife because we told him we wanted him to take that back home with him and give it to his wife as a thank you from us for allowing him to sacrifice to come up and be in Pennsylvania. She has written a personal thank you note to Terry back. Uh, and I said to him, we have a missionary in Greenville, South Carolina that works with our mission if we're down that way and we're helping, could we take you out for dinner? He said, absolutely. So we have an ongoing, uh, I texted him just last week. He texted me right back. Uh, he's been, uh, we, we really are praying that God will uh, do a work in his heart. But I want to share with you three final thoughts, uh, three things that I've learned. And by the way, I've learned a whole lot of things. I put these thoughts down and I sent an email out. Some of you may have already seen it, but... Um, I just want to share some of the things that God taught me while we were going through this. Uh, the first time, we just went to see Lawrence's graduation at Lancaster Bible on Friday. And we walked past the building where I first laid my eyes on this lovely lady in 1976. She came in the cafeteria, sweaty, red face like Amanda gets when she runs or walks. And I looked at her, and uh, I felt deeply... No, I did not, actually. But she was, uh, she was the sister of one of my best friend's uh, fiancés. And so I met Terry the very first day, 1976, in August. In November uh, 1979, on the 24th, about 7 o'clock at night, I watched her come through double doors, like in the back of this church, with a candle in front of her face as she was coming down the aisle to marry me. And on April the 12th, 2023, I was trying to memorize everything I could about her. I wanted to remember her smile. I wanted to remember the color of her eyes. I wanted to remember the length of her fingers. I literally thought it could be the last time I was going to see her alive on this earth. So the first thing I learned is that we all, and I'm going to lump you in the, in the lump with me, we all take our loved ones far too much for granted. We don't value the time we have with each other like we should. 
And that day, I was just begging God for one more day. I wasn't asking him for healing necessarily. I was asking for one more day. Just not today, God. And I was trying to memorize everything I could about her. And I realized I'd been taking her for granted far too long. I thank the Lord we've woken up every morning since and looked at each other and we say we have another day. And by the way, somebody came in and said, I can see the joy on your face. You bet you can. Because I still have my help meet with me and we can still serve God. May I say to you another thing? Uh, I'm actually going to add another lesson I just thought of. Everybody was saying to me, um, God is good. And that's true, by the way, isn't it? God is good. God spared Terry's life. He's good. But I also put this down on this paper. If God had taken my wife home to heaven, he would still be good. He would still be good. Now, I'm grateful that he didn't take her. And I was begging him not to. But if he had, she'd be walking on streets of gold tonight. And, and she would not have any pain or any, any kind of fear or any kind of anxiety. And he still would have been good. That's, that was a freebie. I just threw that in for extra. The second lesson that I learned today was that when, when I was in the most intense time, and I can honestly say that was probably the most intense half hour of my life, 45 minutes, hour, I don't know how long it was. The only prayer I could muster... In all the times I have prayed, in all the sermons I have preached, in all the, all the study time that I've spent in the Word of God, all I could come out with was, please God, not today. Now, I want to tell you, I think God sometimes is disappointed in how we pray because we make it like we're making a commencement speech. And He's our Heavenly Father. He doesn't need us to use big words. He doesn't need us to use a lot of words. When I cried out to God, please God, not today. And by the way, I heard those words come out of my mouth. I didn't plan on it. But I was under such intense pressure that I just said, God, please, not today. I begin to think about all that was involved in that prayer. I was praying a whole lot more than, please God, not today. My heart was saying, God, give us a fix here. Do something. Step in. Uh, heal Terry. Give us the right doctor. I mean, my mind was going in a thousand ways. All I said was, please God, not today. I began to think about some of the most powerful prayers in Scripture. How about when Peter was walking on the water and he began to sink? He had a really long prayer. Lord, save me. I think about that publican who couldn't even lift his eyes toward heaven while the Pharisee bragged about all he had done. And he just prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says God heard that prayer. He went home justified. Folks, I want to say to you that our prayer lives should be intimate. And they should not necessarily be filled with words, but they ought to be filled with the desires of our heart. I think about Romans 8, 16, where it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Can I tell you that night in that hospital room, the Holy Spirit was groaning. I was groaning. He was putting it into words. And God knew my heart. I I thank God for the fact that we don't need real long prayers in a time of need. The third thing and the the last thing that I was going to say as my closing thought, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 90 with me tonight. And uh, I'll just just share one verse with you. This verse kept coming to my mind 
as I sat in the waiting rooms and, and I saw our kids. And, and you know, um, can I just say I thank God for our family. Uh, we, we happened to be with almost all of our family. There were three people missing. But all of our family, except for three, were in that cabin when all of this started happening. I came, I, I came out and saw grandchildren who had fear on their faces because Mammy was in the hospital and they didn't know what was happening. I saw my daughters holding on to each other. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Not in despair. Not in despair. With great concern, yes. But pulling together when the times got the toughest. The song that the youth sang for us tonight so well, and a few older people. I noticed there were some real old people in there with them. But that song, Lawrence sent that song to me on uh, Friday, I think, of that week. Our daughter Monica had sent me the exact same song on Thursday. I said to Terry, I think God wants us to get to know this song. And I just, it's just been such an encouragement. But our, our family, and, and, and let me say too, I, I talk about our daughters, but Lawrence and our other son-in-law were left with 13 grandchildren. Xavier being the youngest, all the way up to a 15-year-old. And they, I don't know what they did during the, that day, but they all survived. And that was, that was big. But they pulled together. The kids pulled together. They, uh, I just thank God for, for our family. But I think about this verse in Psalm 90. It just says simply in verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts in the wisdom. And I, I think about that verse in two parts. I, I want God to help me. When it says number our days, I think it means teach us to value our days. Life is really precious. Life is so inc- incredibly precious. And I said before that if Terry had gone to heaven, God would still be good. And he would. But boy, I sure wanted her to live some more. I wanted to spend more time with her. I wanted to, to experience life with her. And I wanted to do what we're doing tonight, serving God together. I want to do that again. And I really believe that sometimes we waste our days. And so I think this first part of this verse means, Lord... Help us to realize our days are numbered. There's going to be an end day for all of us unless the rapture comes. That would be great. I'm voting for that, by the way. But if that doesn't happen, there'll be a day when each of us breathes our last breath. And then the last part of the verse, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I, I, Terry and I feel more determined today than ever before to live our lives in a way that will honor God. Amen? It's By the way, it's not about us. I was praying about this day, uh, Friday, I was walking and I was praying and, and I said, God, this is, this is not our story. This is his story. It's not ours, it's his. And we think about those verses that Terry read that God is before us and behind us and no matter where we are, he's there with us. Our lives and your life, just like ours, by the way, we're nothing special, please I want you to know, I kind of told you, I wanted to expose my weakness to you because I want you to know that we don't have a super, we don't have an S on our chest. We're not super spiritual. We're just regular, (laughs) Bob like that. Uh, But we're we're just regular people. But can I tell you that we have an incredible God. 
And so I want to apply my heart to wisdom. I want God to use me. And I hope that uh, you'll praise God with us for this detour that he gave us. Um, He's allowed us to continue to serve him. We're grateful for that. And as Terry said so well, and I'm just going to repeat, we thank God for so many of you who prayed for us, not just a little bit, but passionately uh, prayed for us. I can tell you that uh, we desperately needed it. We were hanging on every prayer of every believer. We were we were, being, we were getting emails and texts from other countries. We were getting uh, texts from many of the churches that have supported us. And many deaf people reached out to us just to let us know they were praying for us. And we thank you for being a part of that. Uh, and really, I want to thank Pastor Walker for inviting us to come tonight to share our story. I hope it hasn't been just a bunch of stories, but I hope it's something that Uh, will touch your heart and sit long with you and help you in the days ahead for your detours because they'll be coming for you too. Pastor.